owing to his deafness and his stupidity and the scarcity of giants. He used to go out walking in the wild hills and in the empty regions at the feet of the mountains, all by himself. One fine summer's day, this giant went out for a walk and wandered aimlessly along, doing a great deal of damage in the woods. Suddenly he noticed that the sun was setting and felt that his supper time was drawing near, but he discovered that he was in a part of the country that he did not know at all and had lost his way. Making a wrong guess at the right direction, he walked and he walked until it was dark night. Then he sat down and waited for the moon to rise. Then he walked and walked in the moonlight, striding out with a will, for he was anxious to get home. He had left his best copper pot on the fire and feared that the bottom would be burned. But his back was to the mountains, and he was already in the lands inhabited by men. He was indeed now drawing near to the farm of Egidius Ahenobarbus Julius Agricola, and the village called, in the vulgar tongue, Ham. It was a fine night. The cows were in the fields, and Farmer Giles's dog had gone out and gone for a walk on his own account. He had a fancy for moonshine and rabbits. He had no idea, of course, that a giant was also out for a walk. That would have given him a good reason for going out without leave, but a still better reason for staying quiet in the kitchen. At about two o'clock, the giant arrived in Farmer Giles's fields, broke the hedges, trampled on the crops, and flattened the mowing grass. In five minutes he had done more damage than the royal fox hunt could have done in five days. Garm heard a thump-thump coming along the riverbank, and he ran to the west side of the low hill on which the farmhouse stood, just to see what was happening. Suddenly he saw the giant stride right across the river and tread upon Galatea, the farmer's favourite cow, squashing the poor beast as flat as the farmer could have squashed the black beetle. That was more than enough for Garm. He gave a yelp of fright and bolted home, quite forgetting that he was out without leave. He came and barked and yammered beneath his master's bedroom window. There was no answer for a long time. Farmer Giles was not easily wakened. Help! 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 cried Garm. The window opened suddenly, and a well-aimed bottle came flying out. Ow! said the dog, jumping aside with practised skill. Help! 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 Out popped the farmer's head. Drat you dog! What were you a-doing? said he. Nothing, said the dog. I'll give you nothing. I'll flay the skin off you in the morning, said the farmer, slamming the window. Help! 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 cried the dog. Out came Giles's head again. I'll kill you if you make another sound, he said. What's come to you, you fool? Nothing, said the dog. But something's come to you. What do you mean? said Giles. "'startled in the midst of his rage. "'Ever before had Garm answered him saucily. "'There's a giant in your fields! "'An enormous giant! "'And he's coming this way!' said the dog. "'Help! Help! "'And he's tramping on your sheep! "'He has stamped on poor Galatea, "'and she's as fat as a doormat! "'Help! Help! "'And he's bursting all your hedges, "'and he's crushing all your crops! "'You must be bold and quick, master, "'or you will soon have nothing left! "'Help!' "'Garm began to howl.' "'Shut up!' said the farmer, and he shut the window. "'Lord a mercy!' he said to himself, and though the night was warm, he shivered and shook. 
Get back to bed and don't be a fool, said his wife, and drown that dog in the morning. There is no call to believe what a dog says. They'll tell any tale when caught truant or thieving. Maybe, Agatha, said he, and maybe not. But there's something going on in my fields, or Garm's a rabbit. That dog was frightened. And why should he come yammering in the night when he could sneak in at the back door with the milk in the morning? Don't stand there arguing, she said. If you believe the dog, then take his advice. Be bold and quick. Easier said than done, answered Giles. For indeed he believed quite half of Garm's tale. In the small hours of the night... Giants seem less unlikely. Still, property is property, and Farmer Giles had a short way with trespassers that few could outface. So he pulled on his breeches and went down into the kitchen, and took his blunderbuss from the wall. Some may well ask what a blunderbuss was. Indeed, this very question, if he said, was put to the four wise clerks of Oxenford, and, after thought, they replied, A blunderbuss is a short gun with a large bore firing many balls or slugs, and capable of doing execution within a limited range without exact aim, now superseded in civilized countries by other firearms. However, Farmer Giles's blunderbuss had a wide mouth that opened like a horn, and he did not fire balls or slugs, but anything that he could spare to stuff in, and he did not do execution, because he seldom loaded it and never let it off. The sight of it was usually enough for his purpose, and this country was not yet civilized, for the blunderbuss was not superseded. It was indeed the only kind of gun that there was, and rare at that. People preferred bows and arrows, and used gunpowder mostly for fireworks. Well then, Farmer Giles took down the blunderbuss, and he put in a good charge of powder, just in case extreme measures should be required, and into the wide mouth he stuffed old nails and bits of wire, pieces of broken pot, bones, and stones, and other rubbish. Then he drew on his top boots and his overcoat, and he went out through the kitchen garden. The moon was low behind him, and he could see nothing worse than the long black shadows of bushes and trees. But he could hear a dreadful stamping, stumping, coming up the side of the hill. He did not feel either bold or quick, whatever Agatha might say, but he was more anxious about his property than his skin. So, feeling a bit loose about the belt, he walked towards the brow of the hill. Suddenly, up over the edge of it, the giant's face appeared, pale in the moonlight which glittered in his large round eyes. His feet were still far below, making holes in the fields. The moon dazzled the giant, and he did not see the farmer. But Farmer Giles saw him and was scared out of his wits. He pulled the trigger without thinking, and the blunderbuss went off with a staggering bang. By luck it was pointed more or less at the giant's large, ugly face. Out flew the rubbish and the stones and the bones, and the bits of crock and wire and half a dozen nails. And since the range was indeed limited, by chance, and no choice of the farmers, many of these things struck the giant. A piece of pot went into his eye, and a large nail stuck in his nose. Blast! said the giant in his vulgar fashion. I'm stung! The noise had made no impression on him. He was rather deaf, but he did not like the nail. It was a long time since he had met any insect fierce enough to pierce his thick skin, 
but he had heard tell that away east, in the fens, there were dragonflies that could bite like hot pincers. He thought that he must have run into something of the kind. Nasty, unhealthy parts, evidently, said he. I shan't go any further this way tonight. So he picked up a couple of sheep off the hillside to eat when he got home, and went back over the river, making off about nor nor west at a great pace. He found his way home again in the end, for he was at last going in the right direction, but the bottom was burned off his copper pot. As for Farmer Giles, when the blunderbuss went off, it knocked him over, flat on his back, and there he lay, looking at the sky, and wondering if the giant's feet would miss him as they passed by. But nothing happened, and the stamping, stumping died away in the distance. So he got up, rubbed his shoulder, and picked up the blunderbuss. Then suddenly he heard the sound of people cheering. Most of the people of Ham had been looking out of their windows. A few had put on their clothes and come out, after the giant had gone away. Some were now running up the hill, shouting. The villagers had heard the horrible thump-thump of the giant's feet, and most of them had immediately got under the bedclothes. Some had even got under the beds. But Garm was both proud and frightened of his master. He thought him terrible and splendid when he was angry, and he naturally thought that any giant would think the same. So as soon as he saw Giles come out with the blunderbuss, a sign of great wrath as a rule, he rushed up to the village, barking and crying, Come out! Come out! Come out! Get up! Get up! Come and see my great master! He is bold and quick! He's going to shoot a giant for trespassing! Come out! The top of the hill could be seen from most of the houses. When the people and the dog saw the giant's face rise above it,